Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and joining us today, again, is Jennifer DeSano, the Executive Director of the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at George Mason University, better known as OLLI. Jennifer was here back in February, which seems such a long time ago, to discuss the program's spring offerings. And that was right before everything turned upside down over the coronavirus. So she's back today to tell us how they've coped with all that's been going on. She'll also tell us what kinds of learning and social opportunities that Ollie's offering during the summer session. But first, as we always do, a little background about our guest. In case you can't remember, originally from Connecticut, she attended Cal State and Penn State before marrying a naval officer. She and her family then moved around the country for almost three decades. When not working for Ollie, Jennifer spends time as a passionate and very bookish volunteer, serving as chairman of the annual Fall for the Book Festival, vice chairman of the University Libraries at Mason, and as a board member of Fairfax County's Library Foundation. So, Jennifer, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Jim. It's always a pleasure to be on this program and to talk about Ollie and our wonderful uh, offerings. Oh, lots so of good stuff here. happening. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, pandemic and Ollie, how how did they work together? <laughs> well, why don't I first let me tell you for the listeners that aren't aware, uh, the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, at George Mason University, is a five hundred one c three was founded in nineteen ninety one, and we have about twelve hundred members who are in the fifty plus range uh, who take advantage of our program. We offer six hundred educational programs a year. We have three campuses in Northern Virginia and uh, also in Loudoun County. And uh, so we have an expansive program where we, we put on lectures and special events and trips and things like that all year round. And people really love it and take advantage of it. It's, it's all face-to-face. So when you're asking me what we did, uh, for when the COVID crisis has hit, we had to change on a dime our entire structure of how we do business. And um, we had to find a solution which would keep our membership engaged and also keep them thriving uh, when we're all in this lockdown world. So uh, really, as we all know, this crisis really started to come to a head in late February, early March. And we spent um, a lot of time in conversations around what actions we should take in order to protect the health and safety of our membership. Uh, But uh, we had to kind of make decisions even before the university made their call because we're dealing with a very sensitive and uh, disproportionately affected group of individuals uh, within our membership. So did you wind up having to close down or you said pivoting and change the way you delivered services? Uh, What what, what happened? So we... On March 8th, the executive board of our organization made a call to close our facilities completely. Um, We had had a a member who had attended a conference and reported to us that he had been potentially exposed to someone who had the COVID virus. And so we we made a very hard call right away, very early in this um, experience, to to decide to protect everyone by closing down. And we stopped all classes. We stopped all of our clubs, meetings. Um, 
and we had to find a way we had to discuss and and determine the way forward so since we we wanted to continue to hold lectures we had to find a platform remotely and we explored a variety of platforms that are out there where people could be on their computers and interacting we wanted to make sure that we continue to have synchronous uh products, whereas you could see someone and talk to them in real time, or you can hear a lecture in real time and ask questions. So we landed on a couple of good products. And one of them we, we decided was the best for our membership, which was Zoom. And uh, March 16th, we decided to go ahead and invest in that and change our, our face-to-face program to an online program. And this augmentation took about 14 days to execute with training the members as well as the teachers, uh, getting their everyone's buy-in to do this. And, uh, and then we went live on spring classes on March 30th. We went live and we pulled it off <laughs> <laughs> and we were able to put our program on. Well, that's great. That's awesome. Right. I, I, I want to make sure we continue with my some of my lines of questioning here about how it went, but I want to jump ahead to a quick question, then we'll come back. Now that you've gone virtual, will you stay virtual or will it be a combination of virtual and uh, in-person whenever the world, you know, air quote, returns to normal? So we had for a long time discussed trying to do some lectures online. And for many years, we explored, you know, different avenues to get that to come to be. We were always hesitant, you know, that we thought, well, the membership might balk at the idea. Um, We 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 knew that there was there was a cohort of people who were homebound or no longer were driving couldn't participate in our program face to face and we wanted to find a way to serve them but we never really got it off the ground this transition to online this uh, major crisis had launched us into this new realm and we rose to the occasion mm-hmm. and we invested in um monetarily in the product in, uh, you know, intangible ways, you know, where it costs us in terms of getting the staff up to speed and getting the buy-in from the membership and from the teachers. And now that we're here, there's no turning back. I mean, we are definitely going to have a, an online presence moving forward, even after all of the thing, all of this settles down and a vaccine is discovered and people are, are able to meet face-to-face again. We will, always want to meet face to face but this piece of transitioning online is not going away this is always going to be a part of our program moving forward as well well and i think as we've learned over the the course of our conversations and other ali program that face to face that coming together that classroom meeting the the clubs etc uh that social part of it in person is uh, uh you can't under underestimate the value of that no, absolutely. And, and you know, it's it's been proven over, over and over again in, in research that you improve your quality of life when you're engaging with others and learning and uh, and sharing. And a lot of that really is it's necessary to be face necessary to be face to face for and you build relationships and so forth. And we don't we don't want to ever get away from that goal of coming back together again. We want that to happen. It will happen. Right. Um Part of the transition for spring, what we ran into a lot of fear and anxiety around using 
the computer, um, whether that was from the membership or even from the, the teachers. We had people who really were not technically savvy in many cases, and so they had to be trained, and we had to handhold a lot. Was that the the biggest hurdle, the biggest obstacle, the biggest fear, I guess, if you will? Yes, I think that, the, you know, be, you know, keep in mind, we did this in two weeks. Right. Um, we had to change hearts and minds <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and get people to take a chance on something they'd never done before. And um, so it was, it was a difficult challenge, but uh, we were able to convince the, the majority of the membership that they could do this and give them the tools that were needed to do so. And we had a wonderful, uh, wonderful help from our computer. We have a computer club and affiliation with the Potomac Area Technology uh, Computer Society. Um, they're called PADASIS, and they helped us with getting these trainings for our, our membership. Our staff all are we have an, uh, about uh, seven or eight staff that do only AV equipment, uh, AV technical stuff. I say stuff because it's not my for, <laughs> forte. But, <laughs> That's uh, my term they, for it too. <laughs> they, they had a better term for it than I did, but they trained every single teacher that was willing to come on board. We had over 575 hours of programming wow. out of our thousand hours of programming that we do every term or, or every spring. We were able to pull off, you know, more than half of that. And then um, we also had the clubs and we had, you know, we had small groups and socials and things like that, that we were able to also get people engaged. And then they got kind of hooked on it. You know, they, they realized they didn't have any other way of meeting with their friends. And this was such a wonderful resource for people to stay connected, to, to be able to laugh with each other, to be able to talk about the stresses that they're under, the worries that they have. Um, and have a forum for that. We were able to facilitate that. So it was wonderful. Yeah. Get to the clubs in a minute, but I, I want to ask you a, a, a question. It sounds like a lot of things worked well. Uh, uh, sounds like about 60% of the, the class hours were able to you know be, be held online, et cetera. A lot of things worked great, wonderful. What did you come across that um, maybe didn't work so well or, or, or challenges so, you're still working on? <laughs> so this didn't happen for lack of effort. We basically, the volunteers and the staff worked night and day for two weeks straight. I mean, talking uh, late into the night, um, trying to figure out the platform, trying to communicate with all of the um, various people, the teachers, the students being available 24-7 to really get this product available and working in a way that uh, it, it exhausted all of us. All right. it, it really tested us all. Um, and it actually helped us even more to become that much more connected to one another because we were really working so intimately. I mean, I'm literally right now sitting at my desk and it's in my bedroom <laughs> <laughs> at home. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it changes your mindset. Um, and we really, we were working for something. We wanted to secure a way for our members to be healthy and happy in this confinement. And we, and that was our goal. And we achieved it because of hard work. Right. What, yeah. what were some of the stories? I know you guys hear lots of wonderful feedback and stories and 
you know, thinks about how meaningful certain classes and sessions and those kind of things. Do you have one or two stories about participants getting back with you during this the the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic, which is still ongoing? But have you have you gotten any feedback you can share? Yes. Oh, yes. We did a survey which we sent out to our membership, and it uh, came back five hundred and seventy five comments mm. on how the Hicks how what their experience was and. You know, for the most part, very positive, very grateful um, that we that we were able to uh, provide them this respite from the COVID experience. We had some people. Was 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 what was interesting is that in as I said, you know, some of the teachers declined to go online. They were a little nervous about teaching online. Um, some of the members were also nervous about teaching online. Some of them really were trepidatious. Mm. By the end of the term, we um, we had a, a huge turnaround in uh, people's responses to, did you enjoy this this experience? And they, mm. they people who initially were very worried uh, came back and, and responded that this, that this is great. And actually they love it because they don't have to drive. Mm. They can just roll out of bed and go to class. They can, you know, <laughs> they can have lunch while they're watching a discussion. Um, mm. There, there, there are many conveniences that they have they have realized as a result of this experience. And one other piece of this is, you know, at this point, summer is also going to be online. Our summer term starts on the twenty second of June. And when we queried instructors to see if they wanted to come and teach online, this time we had a ninety percent return. So our wow. teachers came all the way around those teachers, the 40% who were worried that they couldn't do it in the spring. They all came back around and for the most part and are going to be teaching for us in the summer term. That's awesome. So, yeah. Well, we'll get to the summer in just a second. You mentioned clubs a little while ago and I wanted to get back to that. I think there's like, what, 26 clubs that you guys have, photography, investment, gardening, all kind of, all kind of good stuff. Uh, were those clubs, um, I don't. Uh, my, the first thing I was going to say was more valuable. I don't know how they could be more valuable, but how did they fare? How did they do things differently? How did they um, help your your members during during all this? Yes. Yeah, so we have um, uh, we have twenty six clubs, <laughs> which are which which really are just uh, there's an amazing array of, of clubs. We have um, many of which continue to meet uh, via Zoom during the spring session, but not all of them did. They, there were some that were, didn't really feel like they, that their club lent itself to the Zoom platform. For example, drawing and sketching didn't want to mm -hmm. meet, but now they're meeting. They did, they've come around. Um, pretty much all the clubs have been meeting one way or another. Um, our, our club that goes out to eat together, they couldn't go out to eat together, but they could meet on a Zoom and yeah. you know they could, Talk about eating. Well, they could <laughs> um, eat them have, together. Yeah. <laughs> our, our photography club would, is still meeting, has been meeting, and they, you know, they have a lecture series. They can still share their photographs. Um, they're not taking trips together, but they are uh, still sharing their images and and having lectures around photography. Our investment forum is just that will never end. They are <laughs> they are so devoted to. Um, meeting every week and uh, and they are still talking about what's happening in the market and there's a lot to talk about. And um, so the clubs initially, some of them were a little bit worried in the spring whether they could pull it off. 
Um, but now we have pretty much every single club is going to be online in the summer term. That's awesome. Well, you mentioned the uh, summer session starting Monday, June 22nd, I believe. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast when it first comes out, uh, that's uh, still to come. But uh, if you're listening after June 22nd, I want to make sure we throw out some dates here, registration information. Uh, you know, is it still too, is it still early enough for po- folks to get in on the summer session? Talk talk to me about uh, summer 2020 and what you've got offering. Yes, absolutely. You can go to our website, ollie.gmu.edu, and sign up today. To um, and and you can always sign up at Ollie anytime, any day of the year. Um, the summer session registration period is still going on, so you can just go ahead and and sign up for whatever you'd like. We should have capacity to handle everybody who wants to get in any class that they want to, because on Zoom, we don't have the classroom restricted size. There are only there are only 10 classes that are discussion groups, small discussion groups, which we're restricting to about 30 people. But the rest and we have about 87 offerings in the summer. So those are uh, aside from those initial 10, there'll be up to 500 capacity or 100 to 500 capacity. So pretty much there'll be room for everybody. So yes, there's a lot going on. We have arts and music. Um, We have uh, dabbling artists. So you're going to meet with uh, fellow Ollie members to do some sketching and watercoloring and painting. And you're going to talk about projects. Um, They'll be enjoying classical music. So every week we have... uh, Virtuoso Works, which we put out on a sampler of symphony, sonata, chamber work, and opera. And we have um, a teacher who talks to us about those. And we have um, Indigenous Art and Culture. There's a class on that. Gosh, there's so much going on. So let me see. History. We have um, the Frontiersman Part 3, The Great Plains Frontier, A Clash of Cultures. That's me taught by Jim Anderson talking about the earliest New World settlements and the proximity of those vast, wild, and unsettled spaces in North America. We have more history, the Declaration Deconstructed. It's uh, going to be discussed by Heather Dudley, who is um, the teacher of psychology and economics and uh, also uh, earned her MA from George Mason. So we have Mm -hmm tons of stuff going on in history, right. literature and writing. We, we have, of course, our memoir writing groups and uh, our literature groups, and, and we have clubs associated with those too. Um, is, the, is the number of offerings comparable to previous summers? Have you found any decrease in what you're yes. offering? Or? We, we're about 20% down from a usual summer term. Hmm. So um, it's, it's slightly less offerings, but it's still a quite substantial. It's, and, and the accessibility is so great this time around. So you normally when you sign up for classes, you have to enter a lottery to get into the class and the capacity of the rooms to, determines, you know, really is the determining factor, you know, based on how much how much people want to get into that class. And so you could get waitlisted. But in this case, it's very unlikely you'll be waitlisted. So there's a lot more variety and opportunity to get into the classes. I would, I would think one of the, the most positive things that could have happened with this is, as you said, the, the almost unlimited capacity for, for, for the classes and sessions. Absolutely. You know, our largest classroom, uh, well, our, we have an 85-seat classroom. It's one of our largest classrooms. But then sometimes we'll go over and to a venue that's about 400 seats. And oftentimes we'll, we'll have to pay extra money to rent that venue. 
um, so that we can allow more people to come in. But um, so there's, you know, so there's, there's some silver linings in this in that you, the accessibility is so much more available to people in terms of any class they would like to get into. Now, of course, as I said, there are about 10 that are still pretty restricted because of the nature before I ask you about uh, how folks can register, get more information, find out more details, et cetera, I, I want you to tell me and tell everyone listening why belonging to an organization like Ali um, is so important and helping with coping with this pandemic. So the reality is that it's important for you to stay home. You know, it's, it, you, you really need to be self-isolating and protecting yourself from exposures. And so you need to find healthy things to do while you are home. Um, I mean, then, then again, you can, of course, go out for a walk and you know, take care of yourself in that regard. But for the most part, you need to be protecting yourself from exposure to the COVID virus. So how do you, what do you do to fill your day? And I think Ollie is is a great way for you to do something where you're you're interacting with others. It's not just like watching a YouTube video. You actually are participating in the class and you're you're able to ask questions and you're able to have discussions and you're able to forge relationships even in this remote environment. And so that is very critical to your health and well-being. And Ali is unique in in the fact that the volume of, of offerings that we are get, making available to you, it there really is something for everyone. And um, you know, it, it's a very healthy thing to take advantage of. And this is also really wonderful for those of you who are listening who who in community um, like uh, long term care facilities or places where you're even more restricted, not just that you're at your own home, but you're in other places around where, you know, you're, you're not being able to visit with friends or family. This is a wonderful, wonderful way to escape uh, and engage with people um, while you're, while you're in this situation. So I would encourage it. If you, if, if you are interested, you can go to our website, ali.gmu.edu, or just Google Osher Lifelong Learning uh, at George Mason University. Look at what we have to offer. You can try it for one term for $150 to see if you like it. And then uh, if you know someone who is in a situation where they're, they're alone or they're in an environment where they really can't get out, this is a lifesaver for so many people. And I encourage you to share it with your friends and neighbors. So uh, ollie.gmu.edu, I think uh, you guys also have a phone number. Are y'all uh, staffing that phone number during the, during the pandemic? Oh, yes, um, 703-503-3384. You can call us. You can leave a message at that number, or you can email ollie, O-L-L-I, at gmu.edu, and we will respond to your email. Okay. So phone number, email, or easiest thing, just go on the website, ollie.gmu.edu, and uh, find all the offerings and uh, get signed up. Jennifer DeSano uh, with us from uh, Ollie uh, at GMU. Thanks again for uh, joining us on the 50 Plus podcast today. Uh, just uh, give you the final word, any uh, final thought uh, you'd like to uh, you'd like to leave us with. 
Oh, thank you, Jim. It's always a pleasure to be on this program and to share with our community these great opportunities uh, for them to stay engaged and stay healthy in retirement. And, and especially now, um, we're all thinking of you. We're here to, you know, make, make us all uh, endure this global pandemic together and, and come out, you know, healthier and, uh, and stay happy and engaged. Thank you. Absolutely. Again, www.ali.gmu.edu. Call 703-503-3384. Or as Jennifer said, you can email Ali, O-L-L-I, at gmu.edu. You can get all the information about the summer sessions at any of those uh, locations. Also, if you want to find uh, county older adult services, recreation, community news, that kind of thing, go uh, to fairfaxcounty.gov slash older adults. When you're on that page, be sure to subscribe to the monthly Gazette, Golden Gazette newspaper. You can also find a link from there to the Fairfax 50 plus Facebook page. And if you'd like, you can also call 703-324-7948. want to thank you for joining us on the Fairfax 50 plus podcast, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.